Work, wealth, wisdom. This is DC Entrepreneur. We're sharing stories, ideas, and lessons from startups and businesses in the pursuit of innovation. And we're helping build a community of problem solvers and thought leaders in the Washington area. Now, here's your host, George Mocharco. This is George Mocharco, host of DC Entrepreneur here on WERA 96.7 FM. My guest today in the studio is Alex Villanueva. He is the founder of Sprint. Sprint is a free, 100% electric, on-demand rideshare service for the residents of North Arlington. Thanks for being here today. Yeah, absolutely, George. Thanks for having me. So, Alex, tell us about Sprint. Tell our listeners what Sprint does and how it can help them get from point A to point B. Uh, so, you know, in a nutshell, Sprint is a it's a new, fun, it's, a, it's an exciting and eco-friendly way uh, to get around downtown Arlington. Uh, you know, it works very similar to other popular ride-sharing services. Uh, you know, you download our, our app. It's free to download the app. You request a ride from point A to point B, and one of our drivers comes and gets you. Uh, there's two main departures from, I think, what, what the general population is used to through ride-sharing. The first is that our vehicles are 100% electric, as you touched on. And the second is that the rides are provided 100% free of charge. So, obviously, the, the, the next, uh, the next uh, natural question is kind of how do we make... Uh, how do we make money? And, uh, you know, we advertise through a couple of different platforms, but essentially we make all of our money through through advertising revenue. And as a result, we're able to provide the rides free of charge to passengers. So your background wasn't necessarily doing this. You, you uh, studied accounting in school, but you also switched. You, you, you went to work for Ernst & Young, but then you decided that this was something you wanted to do. Can you tell me how you got the idea for Sprint? Sure, absolutely. Uh, I was working at the time. I started off uh, working for Ernst & Young. I got my CPA while I was there. Um, and then I went to work uh, in mergers and acquisitions for Xerox. Um, while I was living down in Florida, uh, I got this idea um, you know, from, from several other cities that were doing uh, similar things. Not exactly the same, but to varying degrees, similar things. Uh, along beaches, I was seeing, uh, you know, free rides advertised to transport tourists from their hotels, you know, to and from different uh, spots along the beach. I saw it in other cities where it was actually, you know, somewhat more similar uh, to to our particular model here in Arlington. Um, but for all the cities that, that I saw this operating in, um, you know, I was familiar with this particular, especially the Roslyn Boston Corridor here in northern Arlington. Um, in order for this concept to work, uh, the way that I have this, uh, the way that I have it set up here, you need a couple of things out of a service area, right? You need a densely populated area. You need a, an area that's two and a half to three square miles or so where people live, work, and play all up and down that corridor. Uh, you need a highly desirable demographic, right? Because again, we make our money through advertising. So it has to be a demographic that the advertisers are willing to pay uh, to get out in front of. Uh, you know, this particular corridor is heavy uh, in terms of millennials, which is kind of that moving target for advertisers as well. Sure. And so now I have a way through this you know, extremely unique form of, of hyper-local marketing uh, to target an engaged audience of riders, right? Um my service provides a way for uh, for companies to yes promote their products and services no doubt but all the while building goodwill uh with their potential consumers through their sponsorship of a free eco-friendly ride service so talk to me about how you find partners for advertising how do you find people that want to you know get their message out through the sprint service 
So I was always told that there's two types of problems you can have when you start up. One is that you don't have enough demand, and the other is that you have too much demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, both are problems, uh, but I'm I'm happy to say that that I'm currently uh, currently suffering from from the latter. To date, uh, I have not been able to get back to all the advertising requests yet mm, that wow. I've received. Um, I I think it's a combination, uh, definitely, of how unique our methods of advertising are. Um, uh, and and also how how we're able to target a an engaged audience that that uh, marketers and advertisers are seeing. So unfortunately, I'm the limitation right now in, ter- in terms of of our growth. Uh, but um, as of right now, we did very little, uh, if any, marketing uh, when we decided to start up. Um, you know, we we definitely talked about a marketing plan and how we're going to get our name out there. Um, after, after, you know, considering a variety of different options, we said, you know, we have very, very unique looking vehicles. And while we were testing them, just driving around our first one up and down the strip, we noticed that everybody was pointing, everybody was looking. So he said, well, um, you know, if we just put sprint really big along the outside, you know, either side of the car behind the car, and maybe we put a link to our website. Uh, then we'll just have people start going to the website, start learning mm-hmm. about what we are, put the date that we're going to start, and that'll be the day that people start downloading the, the app and, and requesting these free rides. Um, we never put up any flyers. Uh, we never did any other kind of advertising. We relied solely on word of mouth and just driving up and down the strip. So 55 days in without any advertising still, uh, we have over 6,500 downloads of our app just along the strip here. Mm-hmm. We've transported just about 7,000 passengers so far. Um, and so we're, we're off to, we're off to a really good start. Um, uh, in terms of finding future, future advertisers, um, to be honest, George, I haven't given it much thought right now. I'm kind of riding the wave of, of, uh, of initial, initial advertising requests. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that the advertisers that we have, um, you know, I'm sure they, they, they wouldn't mind me me sharing, but for example, Tenet Clarendon is a new luxury apartment complex on the Strip. Uh, has signed multiple leases as a result of advertising with us. Um, Trolley Pub uh, informed me that they've they've gotten a tremendous return on on their investment for, for through you know advertising through us. How, how are they measuring this? I, I'm new to marketing, mm-hmm. to be honest. I, I don't know too much about. You know, let me not say I don't know too much. Rather, I don't have formal education in okay. marketing and advertising. I do know that clicks and impressions are, are, are a big metric that are used. Right. Um, personally, I tell all the advertisers when they come on board, um, I'm going to give you at the end of the month the number of clicks that your ad received. But that's not going to tell you how effective it is. That's going to mm-hmm. tell you how many people viewed it and how many people saw what it is that you had to offer. I say, if you put some kind of incentive on the advertisements, for example, Tenet Clarendon said, uh, if, you meant, if you mention Sprint and you take a picture of the iPad ad, you will get your $500 application fee waived. Now they're able to track how effective that, you know, their particular ad was, uh, you know, Charlie pub similar where it's, you know, if, if you mention sprint, they, they book a code on their end. So I always say, make sure you put some kind of unique incentive on there, right. regardless of, regardless of what it is that so you can track the effectiveness on, on your end, because I don't, I don't want you to advertise through my platforms if it's not effective for you. And I'm not going to tell you that it's effective if it's not. The difficulty is I can't tell you how effective it is. You have to track that sort of on your end. I, again, happy to give the clicks, and I always do at the end of the month, but that doesn't necessarily translate into conversions or into, you know, into 
direct revenue dollars for you generated from my service. You have to have some kind of way to track the incentive on your end. Right. And, and you're still really early into the business now, too, because we're in August 2017 right now, and it's, what, 55 days 55 old? days. <laughs> so not very long, really. And there's not really a lot of um, history there to go and, and measure for advertising. Correct. Um, but as you go forward in the future, you will have that data. Absolutely. Yep. And and I think what's what's important, you know, when you put, I, I mentioned this in a in a previous interview, and I and I stand by it today uh, that if you put a 13 inch iPad in front of, particularly in front of millennials, they're going to start clicking on it. Um, you know, our our app right now, if you go on the app store, you'll see 50, 55, 58 five-star reviews and all of the reviews don't talk about no, actually very few of them talk about the actual logistics of the app yeah. uh it's a fantastic you know design the, that the the development team did with the app mm-hmm. uh but it talks about our service right it talks about the friendliness of my drivers uh it talks about how expedient the service is and and overall customer service and that's the difference between you know that's one of it, i guess a third differentiator between our service and other popular you know ride sharing companies um is that when when riders enter our vehicle, there's a conversation, right? They're interested in talking to the drivers. The drivers are talking to them. The drivers are making recommendations of, hey, you're heading this way. You know, are you interested in maybe going to this particular restaurant, for example? Or if somebody says, uh, you know, they're clicking through the iPad and says, oh, you know, Craft House is one of our one of our advertisers. Oh, Craft House. Uh, what's that or where's that? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's, you know, where the old uh, World of Beer was uh, over that. Oh, wow, yeah, I'd love to stop by. Um, it's very conversational. And I think that service is, is, uh, going to be the key going forward. We have a five minute ride, um, and people are not pulling out their cell phones to start texting the way they do in other services, right? You get into the backseat, you pull out your phone, you start texting, you start looking through Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, because there's not really much of a conversation. There's not much of a, of a service, right? You're, you're, you're just being transported and that's it. And it's not that we can't do that. We absolutely can. If somebody wants to get in and, and doesn't want to, to to talk or is having a bad day, whatever it is, that's absolutely understandable. And our drivers respect that. Uh, but when they get in and they have the five minute ride and our drivers are engaging them, they will engage with the iPad. They will engage in conversation with the drivers who, you know, when we hire, we always say you are a brand ambassador. Right. Whether it's for Sprint, whether it's for any of our sponsors, mm-hmm. you're a brand ambassador. Your job is not to you know your job description is not just to drive uh, passengers safely to and from but to ensure that they have an experience that when they get out of our vehicle they say I can't believe that's free what's the catch so how many drivers and how many vehicles do you have in the fleet right now so right now we have a fleet of 5 vehicles okay um we have about 6 drivers 6 or 7 drivers i believe um and we have about 130 applications to drive for us and what made you decide that you wanted to go after the rideshare market? Because it seems like it's starting to get a, to be a crowded space. There's been a lot of competitors in and out of there. Right sure. now, Lyft and Uber are the ones that we always hear about. Right. What made you think this was the time to offer a free service to compete with those? So, uh, so there's, there's a couple of things, and it's uh, it's definitely probably you know one of the the most frequently asked questions that I get. Um, I don't I don't personally view myself, uh, you know, my my business as a direct competitor for Uber or Lyft. Um, if anything, we complement the service that they already provide. What I mean by that is when we talk to, uh, you know, to, to current Uber or Lyft drivers, uh, they tell us that 
they're not as interested in these short one to one and a half mile hops, mm-hmm. right? They're more interested in, in the longer, more profitable rides, whether it's to get into D.C., you know, out in the suburbs of, of of Virginia, maybe even a ride to Maryland. That's what they're more interested in. So what we do by providing these very short hops up and down the corridor is we sort of take that away from them so that they can focus and, and be available for, rather, uh, some of these longer rides. Um, the other thing is, we don't charge for rides, <laughs> right? So it's almost it, it's almost like we don't really fit into that same category mm-hmm. as as Uber or Lyft. We're we're very different uh, different ride share type service. Um, the other question that we get frequently is when does the the trial period end? Right? Mm-hmm. When do when do you start charging? Uh, and the answer is we don't. We never do. We have uh, you know we have some some definite limitations with our service. Our vehicles are 100% electric. They last for five hours, and then we need to charge them for two hours. So they're on charge cycles. Our vehicles go 25 miles an hour and are only legal on roads up to 35 miles an hour or less. Um, As a result of those limitations, we have a very limited service area right now. The idea is, yes, to eventually expand the service area and to pop up, you know, other unique service areas, uh, you know, hopefully across, across the nation. Um, but as a result of those limitations, uh, we're able to always offer the service free of charge. So it, there is a little bit of give and take. But what I'm getting at really is there's always a place for Uber and Lyft. There's no there's no situation in which, you know, our vehicles are going on highways. There's no situation in which our vehicles are going long distance. And there's always going to be that need for Uber and Lyft. And again, I think that we complement that service. So can you talk to me about why you decided that you wanted to work with electric vehicles and specifically electric vehicles that go under 25 miles per hour? Golf, they're like golf carts, right? Yeah, they're, so they're, they're kind of similar. There's definitely a, a big push towards, uh, towards environmental sustainability, no doubt. Arlington actually leads the charge in a lot of different arenas, uh, environmental sustainability being one of them. Um, our vehicles in 55 days have uh, traveled over 15,000 miles collectively. That translates into something around nine or ten thousand pounds of CO two emissions uh, that that have been avoided as a result of using our electric vehicles. Sometimes people get caught up uh, when they're talking about electric vehicles and and kind of the CO two emissions in in your small time. You know, for example, you say a city driver drives nine or ten thousand you know miles per year. We're putting fifteen thousand miles, and again, this is just with our current fleet size, fifteen thousand miles in our first fifty five days. Um, so that the impact to the environment could really add up if we didn't use uh, electric vehicles. Um, the in terms of the 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 the, the speed limitation, mm-hmm. this service is always going to be meant to operate within a small downtown area or a small beach area, whatever it is. The idea is that it's always a short, quick hop. Right? The name Sprint is meant to uh, it's meant to be a quick short ride, not kind of that longer ride. Again, like we talked about with Uber or Lyft. Um, so as a result, we're, we never really intend to go on roads that are higher than 35 miles an hour. Um, so the 25 miles an hour limitation of our vehicles is, is not a, a problem really. That said, um, we went with this vehicle because of its unique design, right? We are, uh, if hopefully, you know, any, anyone listening in has seen kind of what our vehicles look like. But because we really, at the end of the day, are an advertising company, right? We will be wrapping the vehicles on the exterior. And we want our, we want 
uh, any, you know, bystanders, riders, you know, we want people pointing at the vehicle saying, saying, what is that? We want people pointing at, at the vehicle and telling their friends, you know, and it's already happening. We're starting to see it. Every time you, you ride by an intersection, you ride, you know, past sidewalks, people are saying, oh, that's that free ride service, right? And right now they're associating it with Sprint. But at some point, uh, you know, you see, we're already working on a couple in the background. You should see them here probably in the next few weeks. These vehicle wraps, people are going to start associating our free eco-friendly service with some of our advertisers, uh, right? Okay. It won't be, you know, I don't, I don't need my, my name on there. Right. It's about it's about that advertiser uh, wrapping an eco friendly vehicle that's providing free rides and getting to build goodwill with potential consumers because that's what they're sponsoring. Right. It's not just your typical advertising. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like a value add model, really, when you think about it. It's, um, you know, integrated into the neighborhood and also something that can serve the neighborhood by getting people to get their message out there. Absolutely. Almost like a billboard, really. Right. Exactly. But it's it's a billboard that is strengthening communities by transporting residents to local businesses. Right. Right. So it is kind of that 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 extra that extra value add. Sure. And I think what's interesting too is um that they can do promotions. I saw that there's a there's a backspace on these. They're they're Polaris carts, is that They correct? are. Yeah. yeah. So Polaris manufactures them. And uh, like if you wanted to have like a beverages or something for guests, you could have those on the back of the carts and then have promotions on the label, I take it, or on Absolutely. the outside of that? So we can do branded branded beverage giveaways. Um, you know, for example, some uh, some advertisers have expressed interest in doing, you know, free ice cold water on hot summer days. And, you know, our drivers would say, hey, make sure you grab a water on your way out, uh, provided, you know, free of charge by, you know, XYZ uh, yeah. company. Um, and again, another way for, for, for that, the advertisers to build that goodwill. The nice thing with the giveaways and things like that is that people are taking it away with them, right? So now they're going to take that bottle of water somewhere else. They're going to place it down. Someone else is going to see it. And, you know, it just continues, uh, the advertising and promoting for that company. I also like the fact that you can take dogs on your shuttle service. (laughs) I I think that's great. Why did you think that that would work? So sometimes, um, the limitation with, with pets in, in vehicles, especially smaller vehicles, sedans, uh, is having to put uh, the pets on, you know, the dogs on onto seats, whether the seats are cloth or leather. And, and with other ride sharing services, I know that there are options uh, for dogs, but uh, a lot of the, the drivers won't be willing. In our case, um, our vehicles have a lot of space in between, uh, in between the rows. And so we're seeing that even large dogs can comfortably sit on the floor. They can lie down. Mm-hmm. They have the space. If it's a small dog, they can ride on, on the owner's lap. It's an open air ride. So it's very comfortable. Um, and no one really has to shift around much in order to, you know, the dogs can hop right on in. It's very simple. Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's hassle free. And in the end, it doesn't cause any damage to the vehicle, right? That's mm-hmm. the big thing yeah. because the rides are free. We have to do everything we can to prevent the damage. And so we had some concerns initially about kind of how how this would work out with dogs on the seats. And then we realized we have so much space in the vehicle that they don't have to be on the seats. Um, and, and dog owners have loved it. Honestly, dog owners have definitely used us uh, to get around. 
and and the dog is happy as can be. <laughs> and so it's just again always thinking of us as another option. But I think there's something really uh, humane about that. Um, that that's interesting that other companies don't really think about. They think about the liabilities, but this really seems like it's kind of more like you're trying to you know interweave yourself into the fabric of the community, right? That and dogs are that. dogs are a part of the community. Yeah. If you you know if you go for a walk any day down down Clarendon when mm-hmm. it's nice out, um, you're going to see dogs everywhere. And for that to be so limited, you know, I, again, I I moved up from uh, from Florida to get this started, and in Florida everything is pet friendly. Absolutely. I mean, everything, everywhere that you go, whether it's a diner, whether it's some kind of, yeah, even nicer restaurants that have patios, you see dogs uh, sitting there dining. And it's not that this area isn't uh, that friendly, but it's why not make the transportation friendly as well yeah. if the places are already dog friendly. Um, so let's talk about this. So you, you mentioned you were in Florida. Why, why Arlington of all places? Why did you want to come to North Arlington to start this service? Um, I went to William & Mary, so I, I was familiar kind of with the Northern Virginia area. I, I lived here for a year before moving down uh, to, to Florida, uh, you know, and then ultimately moving back to get this started. When I started thinking about the idea, um, you know, it, it takes a, a very unique and, and a special service area for this to work. You need a densely populated area um, that, you know, people live, work, and play all within, you know, two to three square miles. You need a highly desirable target demographic that advertisers are willing to get after. You know, in this area, it's it's rich with uh, which, with millennials, which is always that moving target, uh, again, for, for advertisers. Um, but you need all of that. And then you need uh, an existing system of transportation uh, you know, uh, existing infrastructure rather, uh, that can sustain additional options, right. right? This area, this area is not lacking for transportation options by any means. You know, we have the Metro, we have the bus, we have ride sharing services. We have capital bike share. I'm just another option for people to use, to get around. This is an area that's filled with a lot of people that don't even own a vehicle, right? Um, so, you know, all within this, uh, this, these 25, 30 mile an hour roads, again, where our vehicles are, are, are legal. And, um, it, it really checked all the boxes and it's, it's one of the few service areas that, that, uh, that can do that. And in the national spotlight, right. I mean, so close to the nation's capital, um, you know, we, we'd really like, uh, I know that the, that the concept is, is working out and that, that it'll prove out, uh, over time. Um, and once it does, I want people to to see that it can be done in the nation's capital and that it can be done, you know, in any city. So can you talk to me about how you're different than the rest of the transportation mix in Arlington right now? Well, <laughs> the key with our service is, again, always, always uh, remaining mindful that the service is free of charge. And I believe the only method of transportation, unless you own your, your own bicycle uh, or something like that, which even then has operating costs, but we're the only method of transportation that is 100% free of charge. The other thing is there's this growing demand, and this is thanks to popular ride-sharing services, there's this growing demand for on-demand transportation, Mm -hmm. for sitting in your living room, pressing a button, seeing the driver's dot moving towards you, and then heading heading down down the elevator to to meet the driver when he or she arrives. And again, I'm not the only way to get around, but I am a on-demand way uh, to to get around. Again, the uh, the other advantage that uh, my company has over, oh, I, I would say, over other popular ride-sharing services that we're 100% electric, right? We're eco-friendly, um, and if you know, if if people have the the flexibility to use us or, or choose to use us, um, it's really a, a a way to reduce that person's carbon footprint uh, while still being able to enjoy you know the on-demand feature uh, when it comes to transportation. 
Is there a specific route that Sprint takes or can people just go and say, hey, I need to get my groceries from Harris Teeter back to my So it's 100% point A to point B. Very, very similar to existing ride services. Uh, The key, again, one of the limitations is that we have that defined service area. um, And and that kind of shows that that perimeter um, outlines where we can go to and from. But any point within that perimeter to any other point within that perimeter, we can go. Currently, we service all the way from uh, Glebe uh, over in Boston all the way to to Courthouse uh, just past Barley Mac. You mentioned that you were in Crystal City. Any plans to expand to other parts of Arlington like Crystal City or um, the southern part of Arlington? So I lived in Crystal City for a year. That was when I I lived up in this area. Uh, And interestingly enough, I spent all my time here in the Roslyn-Boston corridor, uh, (laughs) even even though I I lived there at the time. It was was very different. Uh, five years ago over in Crystal City. Uh, the unique thing about the DMV area is uh, that, that there's so many unique pockets where this would work, right? Crystal City, Pentagon City is an example of where it could work. Uh, downtown Alexandria is an example. Maybe the National Mall in D.C., maybe a Georgetown service area, right? There's a lot of these sort of communities that all within, you know, all that have that, that one or two mile radius where this could work. Um, absolutely plans to expand, Yes. The first priority is expanding here within within Arlington, right? Right now, we only go to Courthouse. We'd love to go all the way to, to Roslyn. We'd love to expand, you know, kind of uh, widen the, the corridor that we currently service. Um, but, you know, we have some, as we discussed with the app, uh, some limitations there we'd like to move through to reduce wait times. And, uh, and then, you know, while increasing the size of the fleet as well. Well, great. Uh, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you, Alex. Uh, absolutely. So if you go to our website, uh, it's www.sprintnow.com. Again, Sprint with a Y. Uh, you can go, if you're interested in advertising with us, if you click on the advertising tab uh, and you fill out the form there, that request comes to me. Uh, just the same, if you have uh, any other sort of, of request, um, you know, you can go through uh, through the contact page. Uh, if you have downloaded our app, there's also links uh, in the settings pages there where you're able to look at frequently asked questions. And if you still have a question, you can email me a question through there. Oh, great. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to drop by today. Absolutely, George. Thanks again. All right. We'll catch you next time here on DC Entrepreneur. Subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and connect with us on our blog. If you have any tips or ideas for stories, please tweet at us or message us on Facebook. Please tune in to our next episode, and thanks for listening.